What it do, all my crew? It's Alyssa, and I'm here to celebrate all of our dirt so that we can embrace our destiny. With a lifetime of filtering everything through religion, I'm here to share my confessions, talk about the dirt, and give you the tools that you need to move forward. So for the love of coffee, let's chat. This is your unfiltered podcast. Well, good morning, my friends. It is Alyssa Holt, and I am so excited to be on the pod with you today. It has been several weeks. Maybe you have no idea who I am, and somebody sent you the link to this podcast. If that is you, welcome, my friend. I hope that you will stick around on my little corner of the internet here where you listen to the sound of my voice and get all of the scoop, all of the dirt. You are put in the loop of all things Holt life and all things unfiltered. Um, Today is a little different. I'm actually sitting here with a hot cup of coffee at my kitchen table looking at the chaos of my life. There are cereal bowls, toast, pancakes, stuffed animals, journals, books, toys, all kinds of stuff laying all around me. And if you know me, you know that I hate chaos. I hate when I'm not in control. I hate when I feel like things are out of my hands. And this morning has been that kind of morning. I couldn't help myself but to go ahead and sit down at the table and set up my microphone because it's been a while and I want to continue not only pouring into you, but having these podcasts as almost like a document of how I felt during the journey of breast cancer. For those of you who don't know, I'm in the beginning stages of fighting breast cancer, stage 1B, um, ductal carcinoma, and um, yeah, we're here. We have just completed round three of chemo, and it is one of the most aggressive chemos you can take. It is also known as the Red Devil. I'm 75% done with the Red Devil. Hallelujah. Praise him. Guys, I am raising a glass to that dirt in my life because it is definitely worth celebrating. I have one more round of the Red Devil on the 29th of this month, um, right after Christmas, And then I will enter into 12 rounds of Taxol, which will be once a week chemo treatments, which they have said are a lot easier than the treatments I've been doing. So I am believing God for that. All of that being said, life looks so much different. And I don't know if you've ever been on a journey where you feel like the rug has been completely ripped out from underneath you. I think the last time I have felt this way is when I went through divorce. I don't think I have cried as much as I have cried in the last three to four days as I did when I was going through a season of divorce, a season where the rug was ripped out from underneath our family's feet. Provision looked different. My name looked different. Our family looked different. The way I parented my kids looked different. The way that I lived my life looked different. Everything seemed to be in shambles. It was chaos. And like I said before, I am not one to like chaos. Ask my eight-year-old daughter this morning as she walked out of the house crying when her Anna picked her up for school because her room is in complete chaos. And unfortunately, I am at a place in my life right now where I just don't have the strength to do everything that I used to do. 
I don't have the energy to do everything that Alyssa was known to do before all of the organizing and the creating and the decorating and staying on top of things and pumping content out at the extent that I was pumping it out before. It looks so much different now. And you know, when you're put in a place where things are out of control, you're put in a really real opportunity to truly find out who it is and what it is you are relying on and trusting in. And divorce was really the last time I was put in a place like this, although this is so much different now because even then I was given the opportunity to get up and continue on with my life and create a new life and start over again and turn the tables on depression and rejection and abandonment. And I was able to kind of control what I wanted to control. This time around, it's so different because I feel like I don't even have that ability in a lot of ways because my strength isn't there to just get up and go and, you know, distract myself with busyness and to keep my mind busy. Um, There's a lot of days that I can't even think. I can't even remember what I did the day before. Chemo brain is truly a real thing. My husband can tell me something the day before and I will not remember that conversation at all. I tell people, text me, don't just call me because I will forget your phone call and I will remember if I have something to read. Um, That being said, I want to talk about grief. I want to talk about what it looks like to be out of control. I want to talk about what it is to feel the feelings, but still trust in God from the perspective of grace. I haven't talked about this perspective before on here. I've talked about the feels. I've talked about faith. I've talked about getting your mind right. I've talked about watching your words. And these are things that I will always talk about in many different platforms, in many different ways, in many different perspectives and angles, because it is who I am. I am the girl that's going to find destiny in the dirt of life. This channel is where you are going to find a place to build with the broken pieces of your life. And I do not apologize for that. I do not apologize for being repetitive because I have realized in life, you can be told something over and over and over again and still not believe it. You can know something because you have been told it over and over, but you can still struggle with believing it. And what I have found and I have said over and over is that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's Bible. That's like red Bible. That's not Alyssa Holt. That's Jesus. And if faith comes by hearing and hearing, then I will continue to repeat and repeat and repeat myself till you understand that there is destiny in your dirt. Till you understand that God is not punishing you when you feel your feelings. He is positioning you for your promise. And today I kind of want to talk about grace. If you're not involved on my social medias, um, you need to be involved. You need to come find me. You need to hook up with my crew. I go live as much as I can on Facebook and I pump out encouraging words on Instagram. I have a YouTube channel where I am sharing with you the real journey of breast cancer and what it looks like to walk the walk of faith. And of course, I have my podcast here, but I also have a mentor you group 
where I mentor people unfiltered weekly. It is a monthly subscription of $35 a month, which is not much for me to be in your life weekly. I am pumping out weekly challenges, weekly content to these people who want to be mentored and encouraged through life. And every week we get together on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time where we do a Zoom call with the crew and I encourage them. And last night we talked about grace. We talked about what it looks like to walk through grace with grace, I should say, while you're walking through, um, honestly, grief and being out of control. So whatever that looks like for you, whether that's depression, whether that's miscarriage, whether that's infertility, abuse, financial lack, you know, we're going into the holiday. Maybe you've lost someone. Maybe you've lost your career. Maybe you've lost your identity. Maybe you don't know who you are at the end of 2020 because everything has been up in the air this year has been a cluster for many people, not just me. And maybe it's not a disease. Maybe it is a disease. Maybe it's something that is rooted inside of you that has been there for years. Whatever it is, I want to share with you my perspective on grace during this season. And I'm hoping that you can apply it to your season right now in your life. Chapter 13 in my book, Unfiltered, is called Grace. And I want to kind of share a little bit from it if I can And this morning, I hope that it encourages you to move from grief, to move from chaos, to move from being out of control and move into a grace that is sufficient for you, a grace that is sufficient for you in times of weakness. Second Corinthians 12, nine actually says that he says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. I like to apply my name there, but he said to Alyssa, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Chapter 13 in my book, and if you haven't gotten it, you should go get it. It's on our website, which is linked to the description box, and you can also get it on Amazon and Kindle, but I share confession in every chapter. And this chapter was titled Grace and Confession number 13 was I lived for years with my faith on mute when I thought I had a megaphone in my hand. What I mean by this is that for so long, I thought that declaring scripture and speaking scripture and quoting scripture and screaming and praying and interceding was my faith with a megaphone in my hand. And what I realized is that I lived with my faith on mute because faith without grace means nothing. There is no sound. You cannot have the sound of faith without the cord of grace. With your vocal cords, your voice cannot be heard from your mouth if there were not vocal cords to give it sound. And it is the same with faith. If it was not for grace covering your faith, it would not have the sound that penetrates heaven. And for so long, I didn't understand grace. For so long, I thought that it was my screaming and declaring and begging God and pleading with God and spitting scripture and interceding and fasting that was going to bring forth the grace in my life that I needed to get through that moment. That my faith was just on mega blast because I was doing all of those things. 
And what I realize now is without the cord of grace, my faith can't be heard. Really, my faith is on mute when I don't understand how to operate in grace in moments of weakness. What does that mean? What does that mean? You know, I want to say something here. God doesn't show his grace toward you in response to your faith. I need somebody to hear that. You're not going to be given grace in moments of weakness just because you're showing how strong you are, just because you're showing how much scripture you know, just because you're able to spit out a bunch of words that are fluffy and full of faith and full of boldness and positivity. Grace is not given to you in response to your faith. Your faith is a response to the grace of God and what he's already given you. Do you hear that? You have faith because you're responding to the grace that you've already been given in your moment of weakness. Grace is not given because it's responding to how loud your faith is. And that should bring so much freedom to your life right there, knowing, wow, I don't have to work for grace. I don't have to work for favor in my life. I don't have to work to be told that everything is going to be okay when I am weak because it's already been given to me. It's already been done. I I love this scripture that I shared with my mentor, you last night. It said in Proverbs one verse nine for their insight, it's talking about um, clinging to the word of God. It's talking about clinging to words of wisdom, to the words in the scripture. And it says for their insight will bring you success adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide your decisions. Grace-filled thoughts. We think that the word of God comes to correct and to punish, not to just correct in a gentle way, but to punish and to reprimand and to slap us in the face with a stick saying how bad we are and how much dirt we have in our life and how much we need to fix and how we need to change our life. And for so long, I looked at the word of God as what can I find today that's going to punish me? What can I find today that's going to help me change? Because obviously there's a lot wrong with me. But the word says that the word is there to bring you insight so that it can bring you success and to adorn you with grace filled thoughts so that it can give you reins to guide your decisions. I looked up what grace filled thoughts means and listen to this. Grace filled life is to acknowledge your shortcomings, but not let them control you or be fearful of them. It is to know you are worthy, loved, and cherished always. So when we're talking about grace and how God wants to fill our life with thoughts of grace and insight that will bring us success so that we can take the reins of our life and guide our decisions correctly, we're talking about a God that's not coming with words of punishment, not coming with words of guilt, not coming with words that bring us shame and hurt and pain, but we're talking about a God that brings us words in such a way that they give us grace-filled thoughts that allow us to acknowledge our shortcomings, but not be allowing them to control our life with fear. It's grace-filled thoughts that allow us to understand that we are worthy and loved and cherished always 
and honestly to just celebrate our uniqueness. God doesn't show his grace towards you in response to your faith. Your faith is a response to the grace of God. So when you're in moments of grief, when you're in moments where things are out of control, the word says in 2 Corinthians, where I read earlier, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, that his grace is sufficient for you and his power is made perfect in weakness. Proverbs, where I said just a second ago, Proverbs 1, 9, that he is giving you grace-filled thoughts to guide your life with better decisions, to give you the reins of life. And you know, I think it's important to understand that you have the ability to allow yourself grace to feel this moment. And he's not punishing you for it. But you can't allow yourself to have feelings overtake your faith. When feelings overtake your faith, you step out of you step out of the ability to trust God. Let me put it that way. Because now you are relying more on your situation than you are your savior. And you cannot agree and rely on your situation more than you agree and rely on your Savior. And the only way you're going to learn how to trust in Him with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and understand that His grace is sufficient and understand that He is giving you grace-filled thoughts is when you are replacing the lies and replacing the fearful thoughts and replacing the doubt and replacing the worry with His word. Are you taking in his word more than you're taking in the situation that you are going through? Kenneth Hagin always said, faith begins where the will of God is known. You can't know the will of God if you don't read the word of God. Do you hear what I'm saying right now? This is something I hammered into my class, my mentor, you last night. You cannot understand the will of God unless you understand the word of God. And I think that this is why we get stuck in grief and we get stuck in chaos and we get stuck on the floor from where that rug got ripped out from underneath our feet because we are so busy not hearing the word of God for our life that we don't understand the will of God for our life. And it leaves us in a place of chaos and confusion and question marks and pain and hurt. And we don't experience the grace of God that is there for us in times of weakness because we do not hear what it is he is saying to us in that moment. I want to read from my book just a couple of pages concerning this chapter, Grace, because I feel like I couldn't say it any better than I've already written it, if that makes sense. So Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God. Ephesians 2.8. Then I go on to say in page 213 of my book, Hear this. The requirement for salvation isn't found in the ability to be dirt or sin-free. In fact, It's not found within the ability to name it or claim it through faith either, nor is it found in your right to smear greasy grace across your name. The requirement for salvation is found when the glove meets the fist by posturing itself in a position to fight this battle we call life together. In other words, the only way you can receive salvation is by going through both grace and faith at the same time. What does that look like exactly? It's something like this. Grace is God's job. Faith is your job. 
which is a lot like saying, you do what you can and God will do what you can't. Salvation is a perfect illustration of what it looks like. Grace and faith collides and finds you in the midst of your dirt. There's nothing you can do to deserve the grace he has freely given you, but there's only one way you can receive it. You have to activate your faith in order to claim what he says is yours. Friend, you may think you have a megaphone in your hand while you spout out all the scriptures, declarations, and positive vibes in the atmosphere, but your faith will remain on mute until you recognize that your works don't determine your ability to receive your promise. The voice of faith cannot be heard without the cord of grace. God doesn't show his grace toward you in response to your faith. Your faith is a response to the grace of God and what he's already given you. Stop trying to manipulate the promise of his word by shouting scripture and realize instead that he's already made every promise in his word available through salvation. His grace met your faith at the altar. And Jesus sealed every bit of purpose for your life when he hung on the cross and said, it is done. So what do you do after you've gone through the process toward promise? What do you do after you dug deep and sort through the pieces and allow God to rebuild you? What takes place after you claim your seat of destiny during the pause of the process? How do you move forward from here? Well, this is one of the easier parts of your journey. This is where you lock hands with grace by allowing God to do his part and you activate your faith by continuing to do your part. This is where you step into the ring with confidence because you know that the fight you're in right now, the fight for seeing promise fulfilled in your life, has been set up for purpose and not for pain. This moment is nothing more than another opportunity to fight like hell and watch grace carry you through the final knockout punch. And guess what? You win. Friend, that was from my book, Unfiltered, chapter 13, which is called Grace. And I want to encourage you, if you have not gotten my book, go get it. I've already said it. All of the things are in the description box to find those links. But here's the deal. You win. I don't know if you're going through grief. I don't know if you're out of control right now. I don't know if the rug has been ripped out from underneath your feet, but friend, rest in grace today. Know that faith begins where the will of God is known, and you have to get in his word to understand that grace. You have to get in his word to understand that his grace is made sufficient in your weakness. You can't experience strength unless you've been weak. You can't experience healing unless you've been sick. You can't experience peace unless you've been tormented. And the only way you can experience these things is to know his grace that is sufficient in these moments, to know the one who has came to be everything you need him to be. He said, I am. They said, who are you, Jesus? And he said, I am. He didn't say, I am healing. He didn't say, I am peace. He didn't say, I am joy. He simply said, I am, which means he is everything you need him to be in this moment. How do you find that? By getting in his word. How do you know him? By knowing who he truly is, spending time with him, not just religious rituals, but truly getting away with him and saying, you know what? I don't know everything, but I do want to know you 
because you've said that you are for me, not against me. You've said that you've promised me good things, not things that are horrible, not things that are of torment, not things that are bad, but good things that you have a future and a plan for my life. And the only way I can know those things is to get to know you. I want to encourage you to rest in him. I understand the struggle is real. I'm right there with you. But I also know that this is a chance for me to shift my perspective. This is a chance for me to know a different side of Jesus that I would have never gotten to know if it weren't for sickness, if it weren't for weakness, if it weren't for this moment that I'm in right now. And instead of sitting in my dirt, I choose to raise a glass to the destiny that I find in this moment, understanding that, man, I get to learn who he is from a totally different place of life. I get to experience his strength in a way I've never experienced it before. I have to choose to focus on the good and not the bad. So friend, I want to challenge you to do the same thing today. I love you. Connect with me on social media. Sign up for Mentor You. Subscribe to this podcast. Go check me out on YouTube. Hey, I have a new email crew that you need to be a part of. I am launching a blog. Um, I have a whole lot more time to sit around and write. Second book is underway. But if you want to stay connected with me in written form, go find my link in the description box and submit your email to my email crew. I have a lot of cool things that are exclusive to email crew only. So be a part of that. And I will see you guys next week. Yes, you heard that right. I am going to do my very best to be on here weekly. And we are going to end it like this. Raise the glass to the dirt in your life because it's worth celebrating.